0: I'll have him on again. Woke up this morning. Welcome to the family with... Oh, no, no, no.
1: Co-host. Catherine Brandt. Christ.
0: Andy Ray Bernard.
2: <laughs> Mike Bryant. <laughs> you introduce
0: yourself as Jesus <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, no. I just, Special guest <laughs> of the show. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> I, Jesus I, Christ. No, he's the, he's the loud
2: headphones. Whoever puts these things on, would be LA they Nick. are friggin' deaf. He sits there. That's where he got them from is over there. Oh, my God. Are these loud...
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Geez. L.A. Nick could turn up the Look, wall. My head just, just blows up. Well, when he, was a, he was a drummer
1: himself. for a long time. He's probably yeah. half deaf. So it's
0: Jesus mm-hmm. Christ from Bradshaw. No, <laughs> no, no, no.
2: No, no, no. I did longer. not
0: introduce myself as I saw no. my bill and I said, Jesus.
2: <laughs> I, uh, like Alan right? Baldwin in that movie. <laughs>
0: Alec Baldwin, I yeah, like that. in
2: that huh? movie where he proclaimed himself God, he was a yes. doctor, in the, oh I think him. it was a head injury movie, I think is where I that was. I think you're right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he, he, he did, he said he was God. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Kick off things with the family. Want to do a live one? We can. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant. Bryant John Bryant.
2: Hey, how are we this morning? Uh, let's see. We were out on the roads. You and I were both out on the road today. We were. And we saw, what, three drivers that were on the phone as they were driving along. <laughs> couple oh, yeah. people speeding There was a guy um, what was
0: he doing changing lanes while while looking at his phone Yeah
2: he, he coming he up on construction <laughs> we had the truck stopping in front of us changing lanes while looking at the phone God so unbelievable. it is dangerous you should not be on your phone it's against the law slow down be safe especially with the weather changing This is the worst time of year for that because of you'll get frozen frozen temperatures overnight then it'll melt and then you'll get a freeze again and people will be going too fast and be flying oh, yeah. around
0: Because the the sun's in a different position, man. That sun's in your eyes a lot in the early morning and the late evening.
2: Absolutely. That's another thing, driving uh, driving through an intersection because you can't see. Can't see. It's like, might as well close my eyes and see what happens.
0: (laughs) So, So from there.
2: Be safe, and if you need help, call Bradshaw and Bryant.
0: Or Jesus. You can call no, it Jesus I too. did not. Stop that. <laughs> I did not. I did
2: not. Cut the comedy. I did not. So you're saying it's Devin's fault? Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. Jeez, there's a reference. I love that show. We it,
2: that it, movie. It, yeah, I can understand.
0: <laughs> we will be right back.
3: Tommy, how long have you been at KQ?
0: 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to, it's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking?
3: Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota.
0: The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty
3: part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan.
0: That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just
3: a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder's fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues.
0: Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well,
3: Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. And we are back with stretches Picks. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, This is an interesting story. I haven't read this story. I just saw the headline, and I don't know what it's all about. But it just, by coincidence, it has the lowest rated network television personality Mm -hmm. as part of the story. That would be that uh, Brian Stelter. Oh, God. He literally has less than 100,000
2: viewers. There's something, wow. there's
1: something about his wow. grin that just oh, I know.
2: has it's always annoying.
1: made me just want to... Cr- oh, he's like, the
2: one that looks like me, or, or is
0: the same age as me, but he looks like he's in 70. his 40s. Oh, yeah.
1: He just has this gr- grin that, that I don't even know what to say about it.
0: But anyway, former New York Times journalist Barry Weiss, that uh, she's uh, a... If you saw her, you'd, you'd know what she looked like. You hey. remember my package, Alex? Weiss. I sure did. Thank God. Is she it is in the car? To me. What? Is it in the car? No, it's very right Oh, thank you. Former New York Times journalist Barry Weiss confronted CNN's Brian Stelter about his network's coverage of the COVID-19 lab leak theory, one listing examples of why the world has gone mad during Sunday's edition of the Reliable Sources. Weiss has uh, written that many Americans feel the world has gone mad, so the left-wing CNN host asked her what she meant by What do you mean by that comment? Where can I start? Well, when you've uh, the chief uh, reporter on the beat of COVID for the New York Times talking about how questioning or pursuing the question of the lab leak is racist, the world has gone mad. When you're not able to say out loud in public there are differences between men and women, the world has gone mad. When we're not allowed to acknowledge that rioting is rioting and it is bad and that silence is not violence, but violence is violence, the world has gone mad, Weiss says. When you're not able to say the hunter biden laptop is a story worth pursuing the world has gone mad when in the game of progress young school children uh name of progress of course excuse me young school children as young as kindergarten are being separated in public schools because of their race and that is called progress instead of segregation the world has gone mad there are dozens of examples and she blames it all on cnn (laughs) and she's on cnn at the time Mm. I, that's kind of odd for her, though. She's not usually, because she's not some, like, far-left nut. I mean, she's a New York Times reporter. She's very liberal herself. But she's got many, many points. I think you're absolutely right about it. I think she's got a lot of good points. She does. The fact that you, you, and the fact that Terry McAuliffe would say something like, the parents don't get a vote, only the teachers do. Like, why would you say that? I don't get that. Do you get that?
2: Why you would say that? Yeah, why you're would you say why? that? People are power hungry.
0: Well, there is that. <laughs> well, it all know.
3: started when
0: Cause the first fish <laughs> got out <laughs> of the ocean. You're two boys. You kind of wanted to make some decisions of what they learned, didn't you? Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 So why he would say that, I just I'll never understand. Why? No, you know, Mom and I don't get an opinion, but Andy and Alex's teachers do. I was like what? Very odd. aren't we all in this together as well, we that, used to be the thing
1: that sucks about that is peop- the only people that have school choices are people that have enough money to send their kids to a private school, right because that's, that's your only choice well there's also charter schools but charter schools are basically a lot of uh a lot of dirty little secrets in inner city areas because yeah. well not inner city mm-hmm. i shouldn't say like south minneapolis the wealthier parts of South Minneapolis have a ton of charter schools because the, the parents get together right. and put together <coughs> charter schools, and that's all funded by taxpayer money. But then they get to say, my kid goes to public school, even though it's a private little right. charter school. <coughs> right, so, that's um, true. Yeah, so Good unless point. you've got you know really engaged parents that know how to do this kind of stuff, and it's not an easy thing to get money for a charter school, uh, you don't have a lot of t- school choice. So, no, you don't. What are you going to do? I mean, you're not. how many parents are going to go in mar- marching into an inner-city school saying, I want this, I want that? A lot of times people just don't feel like they have any power.
0: Speaking of marching into the inner city, I was proud to call Michael Bryant my friend today. Yeah. Unlike 99% to of people I've ever worked with or met since I, I've grown older, Michael is the first one that would go to North Minneapolis and eat uh, breakfast with me at Mildred's.
2: I actually suggested it
0: you yeah. did yeah yeah, yeah, yeah to absolutely. mildred's oh my god nice. that place is great
2: yeah we tried to go to what um what's the name of that place um no oh, emily's emily's but they had road construction in their clothes oh, emily's there. 24th, yeah. yeah and they love him there yeah. so he's, then in he's emily's. Emily's. Yeah. Oh, they're wonderful there yep yeah. and <clears> then right. uh but we went to mildred's is where it was our second choice which we were confirmed the mildred's had indeed moved they moved oh. one block man one when block. i was a little oh. kid years ago
0: yeah <laughs> So. Yeah, they moved 20 years ago for 56 years. they were In other words, since before I was born, they were <laughs> one block further west.
2: It was like the guys from the Muppets as we were driving around. <laughs> up and there was the school, and there was where they lived, and Kid Can lived over there. <laughs>
0: I showed up where Kid Can's house was yeah. with the old gangster back in the day. Dad
1: stomped off the morning show again. I did not
0: stomp off the morning wait, show. I on the morning show. Thank you, this time. Now I'm going
1: to
0: have to tell people what happened. It's Thank you right. so much.
1: You want to know this is important information mm-hmm. yeah. so the inside scoop
0: i'm sitting here this morning in the studio and tony lee calls me and goes we got a problem i said what's the problem he goes printer's down i said well i need the printer otherwise i can't do the show he goes well the printer's down i said well remember we talked about this two weeks ago getting it fixed yeah well it never got fixed I said, well how about the backup oh yeah that's not going to work either i said why isn't the backup going to work uh, we forgot to put toner in it. Whoops. Well,
1: can can they put, how, how do you printer? Toner? Couldn't they put toner in there then? Yeah, doesn't
0: that, that take like 10, 10 seconds? drum and you put another drum in there, was, and he also, said there wasn't another drum. And, and
3: also, oh. when like the toner's like out, you just take it out, you shake it, you and put you it back put in, it back and in. In. it prints, prints it out. Yeah, just yeah, there's That's
2: the, the fix, right? Take it out and shake it, No, but if these are files how why do they have to go through printing it and then faxing it to them it seems to me that there's easier (laughs) ways to do that in Mm -hmm. today's modern age or at least there are easier ways to do it 10 years ago (laughs) why could not
1: they just scan the copy to your computer
0: i that question was asked too Mm -hmm. i don't know and i just they said Well, we'll just, you know, we'll muddle through. I'm not muddling through. You people need to get this stuff taken care of. either got somebody who's pissed off at the top of their lungs, or they're not doing the right thing, or they forgot to tell their replacement what to do. Every day there's a problem. I don't think I'm going to last much longer in that show. I really don't. Uh Uh-oh. I really don't think I'm going to last much longer. They're driving me insane. And the management will do nothing about it. Well, seem- maybe you need some negotiation
2: tactics. From Mickey, Mickey Bergman,
0: <laughs> Mickey. It's
2: Tom Bernard. Hello,
0: Mickey. Is there any way I to get you to shoot somebody for me? Come on. <laughs> here it it's not, it's
2: the not, kind not of that ne- kind of Mickey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. not that no. kind of negotiation. That, that was last kind week's of negotiator. <laughs> yeah, that was the. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mickey, you got to forgive me because I just ate breakfast with with, <laughs> with Michael Bryant is on here, is our attorney. And uh, I was in my old neighborhood, so I saw a lot of guys get shot. That's why it was in my head. So, sorry, no, about not that. today. Not to, no, not today. <laughs> Over time, not today, Mickey. We did collections today. <laughs> so, Mickey, welcome with an open heart and, and a loving heart for, on this end. Mickey Bergman, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you for uh, for bringing
4: me on, even though you first thing you asked me is to shoot somebody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little odd intro. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Mickey, you handle
4: it
0: well, though. You handle it really well. Pulling uh, directly from more than 15 years of experience negotiating high-pressure situations around the world, Mickey will bring his wisdom and expertise to the mainstream and can give your viewers and readership and listeners, of course, uh, tips on how to incorporate negotiation tactics into your everyday life, including... Now, I want to stop there because I want to hear the tips directly from you because the best negotiation tactics, again, going back to the neighborhood where Michael and I just had breakfast, there were some... Some suggestions on how uh, a negotiation tactic. In other words, leave me alone or you've had it. That was a good negotiating tactic over there. Either do what I tell you or there's going to be harm done. I'm is guessing, that a good negotiating tactic, Mickey? I'm,
1: I'm guessing not.
0: Probably not.
4: <laughs> well, it depends what you're going for. But <laughs> I, I would say it's it, it even most, more important. depends on who you actually, what your personality is like. Um, uh, because I, I, I would say one of the biggest things, and I, I, I've been in it for a while, you know, big time negotiators uh, and great ones, they often write books about how to negotiate. Yeah, yeah and, they do. And they give you seminars, and, uh, and it's fantastic, and they're actually very interesting, and they're very good. And if you listen to them, and you go, and you read the book, and you see the seminar, and you're like, oh my God, you follow everything, they're going to teach you how to be the best damn negotiator <laughs> if you are them. <laughs> if you are them and that's the point but we're, but we're not them we're not them and, right. and I, I, look I wish I wish I had a tough personality like a bully like negotiator because it looks like so so much fun to do it but it's just not me personally and if I try to fake it oh my god everybody sees it Big, um, yeah that's a good point but, yeah but, 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 he, but here's the thing about it there's really no good or bad personalities for, nego- for negotiations in fact the, the diversity of personalities in the negotiating team is one of its strengths. Um, I, for one, for example, I don't have a poker face. Like if I go, if I play poker, I'm going to lose my money, uh, and, and I know that. <laughs> and that's the important thing. You need to learn something about yourself. I, I can't act tough. I can't. I can't fake it that way. And so, instead of shying away from it, I'm act, I actually lose it. Use it for my advantage, uh, and I lead with, with that kind of vulnerability. Um, uh, to be authentic, and I'll give an example. Five years ago, I was actually in North Korea um, uh, to try and negotiate the release of uh, Otto Wombier, the American student out of Ohio, um, and, and we were there. Uh, and I also tried to bring back uh, remains of U.S. servicemen who have died in the oh, Korean War. Thank you, uh, you know, thank Ameri- you. Yeah, I- Americans don't know the, the extent of it, but there's there's more than five thousand uh, remains still there. God. This is you know seventy years later, uh, and so. We went there, and this was actually the first time that I was leading the mission, uh, because Governor Richardson, the former governor of New Mexico, who I worked with, was not able to go on that on that trip. Um, and in North Korea, as soon as you land, you get picked up by a minder, um, and my minder originally his name was Kim, um, and and his job was really like it's to kind of squeeze out of me gently during the car ride everything that I've been authorized to negotiate. Because he has to write a memo to his boss, the foreign minister, to let him know all the parameters. And if he messes this up, it's not about him not getting a promotion. In North Korea, the stakes are really high if you mess up something. Um, and so I kind of I knew that going in. And we're sitting in silence in the car driving in Pyongyang. It was actually in the evening, so it was pretty dark. Um, and after a few seconds of silence, of 10 silence, I kind of I looked at him and said, You know, Kim, I'm very nervous like this is the first time I'm actually leading the mission and if I screw it up my boss is going to kill me <laughs> okay. and he kind of like he just he just he just looked at me surprised obviously I meant I didn't mean physically kill me mm-hmm. but I knew what it will mean to him when I say it and and, and he kind of looked at me surprised so I said you know so look <clears throat> like tell me what you need from me here what information you need from me in order to make this mission a success I need this to succeed and I know that he's If you, if you fail, then that means that my mission has failed. And and so I tied up his success to mine. Um, And and at that point, he kind of, we almost started collaborating. So there was no longer this, he didn't need to try to pretend like he's trying to get information for me. I just, you know, I just gave it to him. And I didn't need to pretend as if I'm holding information or, or not giving him the right information because I know I don't have a poker face. And so it's just an example of how, how you do that. And I would say for every single listener, it, you know, it's, 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 it's so important to, to get to, to figure out, to be comfortable with who you are, not who you want to be or who you want, how you want others to see, you. but really to, to, to know who you are in personalities. There are different fun ways of doing that. Um, there's something called neon ID. You can go, it's like online, they give you like a little test. Uh, on personalities, it's, you know, about honesty, humility, emotionality, all kind of things like that. But you collect the data of who you are, you embrace it, you realize that there's no bad or good personality, and then you lean in that authentically. And that's how you negotiate, that's how you communicate, that's how you lead. Now, Mickey, there,
0: there are people on both edges, of course. There are people, when they're going to negotiate, they're way too over the top with demands and, and coarseness and all the rest of it. And then there are other people on the other end of it that are way too shy and retiring to negotiate. Um, other than that, are is everybody else in the middle pretty decent at it, or are there very few people who know how to negotiate?
4: Yeah, I I, I would say actually, look, both the people on top and the people on the bottom, like it, most most of, of their challenges is because the people, at least the people at the bottom, they're shy. They're shying away from it. Right. I they're shying away from it because they have a vision in their mind. Of what you're supposed to be in order to be a good negotiator, and I'm here to argue that's not the case. You can be a fantastic negotiator if you're shy, if you're mm-hmm. if you're hidden behind. It's just that if you if you, you just need to, to know who you are. Look, uh, President Trump uh, was a you know he has a very very um, uh, specific negotiation style. I think. Yes, he <laughs> oh, yeah, would go extreme and then back down. Right. He, right. Well, that's exactly right. He, exactly right. His first move. In sitting in a negotiating table, he's typically to say, screw you and walk away from the table. <laughs> and everybody thinks, oh, he doesn't want the deal. But no, it's his first negotiating stand to walk away because he proves to you on the other side, he doesn't need your deal.
2: Right. And then he,
4: right. he backs it all slowly to find out just the minimum he needs to give back in order to get a deal.
2: Well, is, isn't there a big difference between people who negotiate to win all the time? versus people who try to get, you know, negotiations aimed at trying to have both sides walk away with some sort of win. Yeah, so that's that that's
4: a- Again, that's a fantastic point because I, I have uh, in one of, the one of, to me, the most important thing to remind people negotiating, and that's true whether you negotiate for your job, you negotiate with your kids. I have an eight-year-old. Oh, my God, it's constant negotiations. <laughs> or if you, or if you, negotiate, or if you need to negotiate
3: with a dictator, which, by the way, sometimes your kid feels like a dictator. Yes, uh, they do.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, it, is, it is always, always, always a return game it's never a one-time game and people forget it and that means that you have to remember sometimes you don't maximize everything you can get in the first round or in, in, in any single round because there'll be another one sometimes you want to give some away to make sure that the other side leaves the table feeling good about it too because there will be another round in my world there will be another prisoner in you know, in my child's world there will be another cookie to be had. And you want to kind of keep it to to keep to keep that and to make sure that the conduct and the tone of the (coughs) negotiations are ones that will last. And so if you go and you burn a bridge and some people can rebuild bridges, but it takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort to rebuild them. So I would argue remember going in, even if you're negotiating for your job like if you squeeze everything you can and you get the last dollar, and the person negotiating with you leaves the negotiations feeling really bad, in a year when you go to negotiate a raise, that's going to be there. It's yes. going to say, "Hey, you screwed me last year. Right. I'm going to screw you now."
2: Yeah. No, that's exactly well, it. And then it also takes—it uh, it takes a lot for a person to go into a negotiation with an open mind, even though they've got a back history, you know, and that comes from your own how confident you are in your own position uh, in those, but but I remember I think it was Cubby that would talk a lot about that uh, how he'd go into every negotiation with an open mind even though he had a history with the person and would keep in mind what they'd done in other situations.
4: Yeah, no, I, I think that's right, and, and and a big part of it is, is actually emotional intelligence, which which I, I kind of talk about it through being you know we talked about being aware of who we are which is a big part of it and being able to manage our emotions inside the conversation but then emotional intelligence also talks about your ability to understand genuinely what the emotion state of the other is and then being able to manage your relationship with that person based on that on that knowledge um and that that requires some practice and um, again i would argue that high stake international negotiations and and your negotiations with your neighbor uh, have the same elements. There is the substance work. In international relations, it will be national interest and competing interests. And uh, But, with your, again, with your daughter, it will be whether there's two cookies or three cookies. Beyond the substance, there's the emotional layer and the human interaction layer that you have to pay attention to because, boy, it's at least 50% of the deal.
0: Yeah, that does make sense. You know, my favorite negotiation of all time, did you ever see the movie True Romance?
4: I have not. I should watch it. You
0: should watch it, True Romance. <laughs> yeah. uh, Christopher Walken, you know the great, uh, the great actor Christopher oh, Walken. Christopher Walken. Oh yeah. Okay, well he's talking to uh, uh, Dennis uh, Hopper. Hopper. Yeah. And he says to Dennis Hopper, "You got me in a vendetta kind of mood here, and I got to tell you, uh, <laughs> you need to answer my question, or I'll do some damage you won't walk away from." Is that a pretty good negotiation, Mickey? What do you think?
2: For mobsters, yes. Well,
4: I, I, here's the thing. That depends again. You, you don't want to do that with your daughter. But uh, when, it to, when it comes to when it comes to international relations, it, it is very important to have both the, the bullies and the softies in this. The, the, what they like to refer to as carrots and sticks on this. And very often we fail because because we pick one or the other. Um, and at the end of the day, if you want somebody to, to move, look, bullies respond to, respond to bullies. So if you know you're going to, to head to negotiate with a bully, you need a bully to be heading the negotiations. Oh. But if you're talking, but if you're, if, you're, if you're, you know, if you look at it, actually, over just in the last several years of, of, our, of the United States international relations, like you could see that, that, that a bully leader uh, gets results from other bullies because they respond to that but non-bullies resent that. And so the so it backfires. Um, if we had the diversity, if we have a diversity of personalities in the leading team and we match up the right way, then you can probably get better results, at least in my in, in my opinion. Uh, but that goes back to, to, to your question of, you know, the, the threat that you do, the stick that you put there is very important, especially because they're stubborn. People don't want to do things they don't want to do. Um, uh, uh, but if you put a stick, but then at the same time, whether it's through a back channel or through another way, you you also give a, a an opportunity of how you remove that stick or how you even give them a little you know a little candy if they do something you want. You are able to influence their their, their decision making differently. So yes, it's a valid it's a valid tactic. It should not be the only one that exists.
2: H- have you seen Oswald?
4: No. Oh, okay. oh, I, I, you're going to give
2: me a Yeah, it was an H- HBO movie where they, they it, it's yeah. about the back channels that they used for the negotiations between Palestine and Israel. And what oh, yeah. tactics that yeah. were used, you know, primarily was trying to get people to understand that each side was human. And then also they used food yeah. and they used, you know, being stuck in a room overnight and things like that. It, it's an interesting uh, show just for the negotiations that are involved. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you, one of the things, it's, it, it, here's an example of, of how you engage with people in a meaningful way. And, and obviously, from, from, the, from, from my accent, you can hear I'm Israeli, so I'm very, I'm very close to the Israeli-Palestinian uh, 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 conflict and, and trying to, to resolve it. But let's say you're, you, you go on the, on the subway now to go to work, you commute. By the time you leave the train, the cart, y- you don't even know who was in the cart with you. There's nothing, you know, you never talk to them, you read your paper, your iPhone, whatever it is, and you leave. But if the train gets stuck in the tunnel and the air condition blows up Mm. and it gets really, really sweaty, by the time you leave that car, you know everybody that was around you and their complaints and their life story. Mm. Because it forces us to complain to each other, but we communicate genuinely when we do that. Same goes when a plane, uh, there's a trouble in the plane. Suddenly, you know who sits next to you. Um, right, uh, right. That, that's, to me, is an analogy of that singles on negotiations. Like you need to almost create a common trouble for people, a common discomfort. Like you said, taking food away, or you know whatever it is that makes them come together to complain against something else. But the coming together makes them connect in a way that they wouldn't have connected otherwise.
0: We need to take a very quick break, and you can be with us another ten or fifteen minutes. Is that right? Ten minutes so it works. Oh, for I'm
4: at. I love this. <laughs> I love
0: it more than you do, Mickey. And by the way, congratulations, sir. Mickey Bergman has been nominated for the 2019 Nobel Peace Prize. What do you think wow. of that? Wow. That's impressive. very impressive, mm-hmm. Mickey.
4: I, 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 was to, to, I was nominated with Governor Richardson, and we didn't win. So, you know, but still, yeah.
0: thank you. Yeah, you know, it would have been nice to see a Nobel Prize with a guy with would like the name Mickey. Hey, look mm-hmm. who won, Mickey. <laughs> I like that. That works for me. We'll be right back. More with Mickey Bergman right after this. We're going to find out about Bright right after
2: this. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company.
3: And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner.
2: As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi generational family owned businesses.
0: I know them, and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional
2: bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy.
0: Well, let's not get crazy, Brad, seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member FDIC and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. No matter what Mickey Bergman says about it, he was nominated for the 2019 Nobel Peace Prize. Didn't win, but was nominated. That's a hell of an honor in any case, Mickey. I will tell you that. No doubt about it. I want to hear about Bright. What is Bright all about?
4: So uh, so Bright is, is, is actually it was recently launched, and it, it's, a, um, it's a live video conversation platform. Um, and you can find out more about it at brightlife.com. But I'm, uh, what I love about it, what makes it unique, I think, in my, at least for me to, to be excited about it, is that it actually brings the global creators and experts um, within, within an intimate life setting where everybody can ask questions and, 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 and actually have that conversation with, the, with whoever the presenter is. And it's very, very different than recorded lectures or, or even live lectures because it's it's limited in the number that are there i've sat on a on a few of them just as an audience to feel how it to see how it feels and i'm very very excited to actually uh, be running uh, three sessions there uh, coming up very very soon yeah that's well
0: i i just like the whole idea as a matter of fact people do need a place to go right now and i don't know if they say that because of covid and everybody was holed up for a year and a half or whatever it is but uh I think it's a great time for Bright. I think the timing for Bright is perfect, don't you?
4: Yeah, I, I, I think it's fantastic, and I think it's they, they also have this have such a diversity of types of people and expertise and everything from from light issues to to, to more heavy issues. Um, uh, but it's just one of those things. Again, it's it's not about just listening to somebody and, and tuning up, but it's it actually you actually see yourself on the video. Stuff. It's it's intimate. It's it, it, you can come onto the stage on the virtual stage on this, have a conversation. Um, I, I look forward. I, I'm I'm going to to try and bring there uh, some of my stories uh, of negotiations with North Korea, which we focused on this talk here, but uh, also Iran and, and 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 Venezuela and Myanmar. But again, use them not as just oh yeah, here he is talking about high tech negotiations, but really bringing them down uh, from that uh, into what how we can actually. Uh, uh, improve our own personal emotional intelligence uh, how do we recognize the cognitive biases that impact every decision to make um, uh, and things like that no, so,
2: no. did you meet Kim when you when you were negotiating with them Sorry, said that again, I couldn't hear or, you. did you meet the chairman Kim or when you were negotiating? Oh.
4: <laughs> well we were uh, my first visit to North Korea um, uh, uh, back in 2011 I went with Governor Richardson and with um, Eric Schmidt. Uh, then he was the chairman of of, of Google, um, and we we were supposed to meet uh, Kim. It was actually uh, in his early days there. Um, and while we were in North Korea, unfortunately, the Department of State, when asked about it, uh, 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 referred to our to our mission as ill-advised. Mm. Um, and so we got a message a message from uh, from Chairman Kim at the time to say, Hey, I was going to meet you. But uh, state department seems to be kind of unpleased with your visit, and I so I don't you know I'm looking forward to eventually be able to work with them. So I don't want to, to, to do this. So it, it, we felt like it was close and it went away. Uh, I haven't met uh, I haven't met him uh, myself.
3: Oh, huh. okay.
0: You know, Mickey. By the way, very quickly, kind of off top of to, uh, topic, but I just looked at your uh, at, at your uh, page. <clears throat> And if you ever need, right. a, if you ever get in trouble and need a stunt double, there's a guy in town named Doug Becker could fill in for you, and nobody <laughs> would know it's not you. You look exactly like Doug Becker. So if you ever need a cover, let me know. Uh,
4: I, I hope it's a compliment, but yeah. Oh, um, it is it absolutely.
0: Mean, he's, he's he's eight, he, he cuts a fine figure. I think Doug would
2: charge pretty a lot to do <laughs> it. Yeah, though. Doug would probably
0: charge a lot <laughs> to do it though, because he's a doctor. So you know, it's going to cost you. But <laughs> other than that, no, yeah. Actually, your smiles are almost identical. So you're probably related somewhere a nice Jewish boy in America a nice Israeli boy you know
2: so did you ever have any negotiation with Afghanistan at all
4: um I, no I, I have not. Governor Richardson has I, I have not had a negotiation with Afghanistan we we did we were um, we stepped in to try and help get some of the people out uh, during this uh, uh, um, uh, the mess that was the uh, withdrawal uh, and were able to be successful but we actually did I did not do it directly with the Afghans we did it through uh, um, uh, land, uh, land bridges to neighboring countries. So we worked mainly with the neighboring countries to allow them in, um, and then they and then they went out.
0: do you think that most people, nearly everybody, do, do most people have the ability to negotiate, or are, are there some people that just don't have it in them to get it done?
4: Um, I I, I, th- I think that that most people have the ability to negotiate. Uh, but it does. But for some personalities, it comes naturally. Some people really need to work hard in preparing for it, sure. and that means that they need to be willing uh, uh, to do things that they're not necessarily comfortable uh, doing, even if they're genuine to their to their personality. I, I would say it's it, it would be very very rare. You know, I, I'll make a side comment. One of the people that I really love working with. Uh, uh, not directly in negotiations, but in all of this analysis. Uh, his name is uh, Galen uh, Backwater. And he was the, uh, the chief scientist uh, for um, 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 eHarmony when they started. Oh, and he yeah. was working on basically the algorithms of matching up personalities and, and, and getting that. And, and, and we spent a lot of time uh, um, uh, with him because he helped me on research at Georgetown. Uh, fantastic guy. And, and, and he talks a lot about how you do what happens when you put put a personality test and there's no match to that personality. <laughs> Meaning, like, you know, I'm sorry, mister, but your personality is not compatible with being with anybody else within a relationship. Like, how do you communicate <laughs> with somebody? Um, so, you know, so they, they, they had to find different ways. So there are rare occasions in which there's personality completely mismatched. Um, a, a, and in negotiations, I would argue that even in extreme cases, if the person is willing to work on it and lean in with who they are, there's still they can still have a pretty good negotiation strategy for their job or, 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 or otherwise. Now, Mickey, I,
0: I need to ask you, that, and I'm not trying to take a shot at anybody here or a generation of people, certainly, but things have gotten different with... Uh, with Generation Z, I guess is what it is. What's right right after Millennials again is that Z. Yeah. Yep, it is Z. They don't spend a whole lot of time on history because I don't think our schools teach history anymore, so they don't know anything about it. Uh, as a matter of fact, there there was a young woman. She looked to be about probably 25. Uh, I don't know if she was 25. So let's say she was somewhere between 22 and 28, somewhere in there, right? And she was asked a question. She had never heard of the Beatles. Now, how could you be a negotiator and not know world history at all? Because the Beatles are a pretty big part of world history and certainly getting the billions of dollars flowing back into England they needed just 20 years after World War II, you'd think that she would know something about the Beatles, but she had never even heard of them. Is there a lack of, of research and study because we don't teach history in school anymore? Do people just Have they given up on even doing that?
4: I, I, I will tell you, I think you... You absolutely cannot be good at negotiating, and to be honest, right. be good in much. If you actually don't understand, no spend time on history, um, understanding. You, like I know it's a cliche. You're going to if you don't know history, you're you, you know you're destined to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Like we 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 repeated mistakes in 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 the Afghanistan withdrawal that that were learned before. I, I, be, being Israeli now speaking, I, I was in the Israeli. Forces when um, I was an officer there, when uh, when the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, withdrew from South Lebanon. And yes, Israel is everything is very little, smaller scale than than the United States.
2: Uh, but there are
4: similarities in the withdrawal. It's after 20 years of occupation in South Lebanon that Israel withdrew. There was a decision by uh, by the leader of the country, by the prime minister at the time, announced publicly that we're going to withdraw in advance of it, like four months in advance. Um, and I was, I was, I was an officer inside South Lebanon. I worked with the South Lebanese army, which is the army that the IDF trained and armed uh, and collaborated with us for all these years. And we could see how everything was changing immediately because at the end of uh, immediately when that announcement was, was done, every single family in South Lebanon had to ask themselves the question when you, the Israelis leave here in four months, uh, who's going to be in charge? And if the answer was Hezbollah, as it was clear to everybody, then they now had a ticking clock, four months, to prove their loyalty to Hezbollah in order to spare their lives. And the way to prove that loyalty is to turn their weapons around. And so we spiraled so quickly into a dynamic in which our allies, the people we trained, the people we armed, not because they suddenly became bad people, but they needed to save their own lives. Had turned against us, and that created a spiral. It made it made our, our the Israeli withdrawal from southern Lebanon messy. It came in earlier than we expected, and when we left, we left equipment, we left people. It was a mess. That was the Israeli experience. That was in 2001. <clears throat> Twenty years later, um, uh, we announced the withdrawal from from Afghanistan, um, uh, expecting the Afghan army that we worked with to hold 30 days 90 days whatever the estimate was the ultimate answer was at some point Taliban will take over that was the assumption that meant that every single afghan there had to ask the same question as the lebanese asked in my in my experience and say well you know we need to actually we have this limited time now to prove loyalty to the Taliban so they don't kill us right not because we hate americans because we want to survive therefore they pick up the phone. They call whoever contact they have. and Say, "Hey, I have some ammunition. I have some training. I'll join you." So no shot was fired, but the the, the takeover was immediate. And and that should have been again. If we learn from history, it should have been something that we could have seen. Oh, and if you if if you figure that in advance, you can change your plans accordingly. Right. Sorry, I'm I'm going. I'm just going on a on a tangent here because no, of I the love question, it. but. Obviously, I feel, I feel very passionate about it. I
2: love it. But can you, I mean, is there something you can look back in history and say, yeah, this withdrawal was done right. Um, and, um, you know, there's somebody to negotiate to make the withdrawal work. I mean, there are probably a couple comparisons, but like Germany or, or Japan, I mean, they were destroyed as a country. So when the withdrawals happened, it was there wasn't much left. Um, is there any? I mean, do you think there's an example out there that you could use, or that, or someone you could negotiate with to make any of those withdrawals better?
4: Yeah, I, I, I would say I would say a couple of things. First of all, I I, I, I want to make sure that I don't sound like a big a hole. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> because here's the thing: like nobody had a bad intention in this, and um, uh, and the truth is that no matter how great the plan would have been, it still would have been messy. Uh, because you you still have a lot of armed spoilers there uh, who want to really uh, So even if we had done it differently and there was a you know, the the, the, uh, the gateway out of the country would have been an airbase in the in desert not inside uh, um, uh, Kabul uh, there still would have been a suicide bomber going in and blowing it up like it still would have happened It still would have been messy. I argue that it just would have been a little bit less messy it, it, well, we have the, 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 the ability to do that. So it's, I'm trying not to be, again, like, the, like you know, Monday morning quarterback looking back and, and say, oh, yeah, no, this is how you're supposed to do Like, I know it's messy. I know we all make mistakes all the time. Uh, what's painful is when, when, we, when we don't learn uh, from, from history, going back to your point, of like if, 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 if you are about to do a withdrawal, let's look at all of the recent withdrawals in the last couple of decades and see what happened in them, and and spend again. Go back to my negotiating on the emotional intelligence. Spend some time thinking as Afghans here, um, and what what the choices that they had to make in front of them based on our on on the U.S. Uh, decision to, to leave, which by the way I supported, uh, and I still support. Um, and, uh, uh, but yeah, so so to to answer your question, are there? Uh, see, I, I need to think about withdrawals. withdrawal. Obviously, the withdrawals that work uh, a clean, the cleanest way, are withdrawals that are made uh, by la- in a bilateral agreement with the people that actually have the ability to to control the other side. Um, uh, and that that happened Israel Israel Egypt in seventy nine. These treaty withdrawal from Sinai Desert significant, including Israeli population that had to be removed, and that that went that went pretty well. There there are probably examples, not many. And again, nothing would be clean and and without any casualties, because there's unfortunately enough people that want to kill people in this. Uh, But there's ways to mitigate it.
0: Mickey, I won't do it to you on this trip, but I'd love to have you back. Uh, I'd like to talk to you on a regular basis about this, because I think you have a very clear understanding of what negotiation is about. But I'll I'll throw the question. You don't have to answer it now, and if you don't want to answer it ever, that's fine. But I, I gotta be honest with you, I, I grew up uh, in Minneapolis in a Catholic, black, and Jewish neighborhood. I remember as a little boy going to visit my friends and uh, their grandparents would have tattoos on their arms and I asked about that and talked to you know. And now all of a sudden, 50 years later, 60 years later, whatever it is, um, now we have American politicians who are anti-Israel how did we get here? I, and you don't even have to answer that, Mickey. I just don't understand how we ever got here in only fifty years. I I don't get it.
4: Yeah. I, I, well, that's I, first of all. I would be happy to come back and talk as as much as you guys want. Um, uh, but being, look, being Israeli and 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 uh, uh, and I'm 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 an Israeli that believes in in a two state solution be, uh, on the between Israel and Palestine. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I was initially motivated by that when I was in the military and realized that that is the best thing for israel's long-term uh, security and 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 future as a jewish democratic state that it's needed um I, I then through my work got to know a lot of palestinians um and and started realizing that uh, that what i was told and thought about them is not always true as well right, right. Um, and people and, and i think you mentioned in the in passing before. One of the things that were happening through Israelis-Palestinians is the needing to needing to the two communities to be able to see that they're actually a mirror of each other, right? In many right. many ways, um, and, and and that that's gross. Now, what happens? What happened here in the United States politically uh, on this? It's a long conversation, but I think there's been a a move in which, just like in Israel, the word the word peace itself became politicized, yeah. Almost to the extent that that if you now say I'm for peace boxes you somewhere in an anti-israel you know palestinian hugger uh. kind of box uh, and you know it's 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 hard for me when i get i get blamed i mean i served for six years in the israeli defense forces um uh, in a combat unit I actually got injured in combat slightly um uh, and somebody in the united states a young kid will come and say oh yeah you're you're an israeli hater it's Like really? <laughs> um, God. It, it, I, I, I kid you not it, it happens oh. more than often than you think um, and um, but part of it is the politicization of it, and, and it's just it, it, Israel, for some reason, is becoming more and more of a partisan issue in the United States, yes. and that is a strategic stake for Israel for the United States. And I think it, it has to be reversed, and it it's not going to be easy because it's 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 so easy to to throw slogans and to make demonize people all around. Um, uh, uh, on this, uh, uh, but but at the end of the day, Israel and the United States are best friends and um, uh, 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 not because of uh, uh, a certain policy or another, but because of values. at the basis of the values uh, uh, that we share, uh, that the United States and Israel share. And sometimes the policies don't align with those with those values. And what needs to change is the policy, not the value.
0: Well, uh, if I ever see the, uh, the Spanish bartender railing on you again, Mickey, I'll give her a call. <laughs> I, I, Mickey, you got to come back, man. I love talking to you. Just listen to you talk. But I just, seriously, it just, I, I would close with this, that there was a 10, 15-year-old boy back there. And if you, I look back at when I was 10 or 15 years old, and you would tell me that 50, 55 years later that I'd be hearing how horrible Israel is, I would have never believed it for one minute. I can't believe it's happening. I think he got cut off. He had to go. Oh. Oh, oh
2: he was there. He was there still. You kind of, yeah. He tried to oh. answer. Oh, oh, no. You know he got no, cut That's all
0: right. Hey, hey, I thought he was terrific. He was really good. A really, really hot. Did, did Art set that up, Andy? Yep. God, that was. he was a great guest. Does that surprise you? It, it really, literally shocks me that people are anti Israel in America. Now. Well,
2: but people have always, there's always been a group that's yeah, anti Israel. A group, but they're, mm-hmm. right.
0: not the politicians coming right up going, we need to get rid of oh, Israel, like the AOC and people like that.
2: Well, you're talking, yeah, you're talking about a group that's in Congress now. Yep. Um, yep. And, you know, they have the position they do based upon their own backgrounds um and the people they they impartial represent um it's it's an interesting thing because you know his response was that when you look at peace there's a certain element that that thinks you're opposed to either side if you're trying to get peace there yeah that's Um, true yeah and I I don't know um uh, part of that has always existed um and I mean when you go to the the numbers those numbers are based upon that element existing with power in Germany Right, you right. Know, yes. So, yeah, uh, it's a I don't know. That's that's a weird puzzle on what to do there. I mean, it really for Israel is to be, be sitting in the middle of the Middle East has always I been, know. you know, how do you how do you come to peace there? And uh, and then this whole discussion about Afghanistan, you know, that he was talking about, uh, you know, uh, Biden Biden was a proponent of getting out of Afghanistan during the Obama during the Obama administration. And um, uh, one of the interesting things, they had Gates last night on 60 Minutes. And one of the things he talked about is how him and Biden used to fight about Afghanistan back then, uh, because Biden wanted to get out then. Um, The the real, to me, the real telling question was they asked him, what do you tell families? Because he's penned. Uh, tons of letters to soldiers that have died. What do you right. tell families about, you know, Afghanistan now that we've drawn? And his response was that their mission was accomplished. That there's been no attack on American soil since we w- went into Afghanistan um, by by outside agitators. I guess there's an argument about what's happened inside the country, but right. but there has n- had not been any foreign attacks, so that they were successful in what they did. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it, it's still a mess over there yeah is it always going to be yeah i don't know it it, it, it did make me laugh a little bit that there's people that sit at home and then make a phone call to hezbollah or make a phone call to uh, (laughs) to the taliban and say oh we're switching teams we're coming over to your side today so jesus
0: i just looked at some we only got about a minute uh here two minutes maybe uh ben affleck and matt damon have some problems well they got now yes they do they have a movie that came out andy what's the name of the movie
2: but, I don't uh, know. I'm just saying the, in general.
0: Oh, just in general. The medieval okay. one?
2: <laughs> the one that's just out right now? The it's, medieval one? Is that what it is? It just came out. Yeah. Medieval. Yeah.
0: It's a, it, is that like a last the, no,
2: it, last, it, it, the Last Frontier? Last, last duel. Last duel. There yeah. It's about the rape of the woman and the the fighting over her honor. Do you see the box office for it? Oh, it's not good.
0: Well, Four million. I haven't even heard yeah. of this movie. No, so. oh, I haven't. It's had a lot of, only, I a lot of
2: commercials. I mean, they've, yeah, they have, they've promoted yeah. the oh, heck really? out of it. Oh, I yeah. have not heard so Right it. now, there's not really a lot of great movies. Cool. There's people theater. not going to the movies. Yeah. So.
0: Halloween Kills is supposed to be terrible, by
2: the way. Really? Well, yeah. I mean,
0: it's a Halloween
2: sequel. It's going to be. Bad, today. Today. They're bad is like the name of the game. People are expecting Bad. Jamie Lee's not in it very long. Yeah, she's not in it very long. We should have kept Mickey on.
0: There's a movie out now called Bergman Island. Mm. Uh, see, what do you think of that? Actually? Who did you now, bring
2: up the other day? Um, the The w- woman who was in the first uh, in the first uh, um, Halloween movie. Um, somebody complained when she. Oh, Betsy
0: Palmer. Was, Be- Betsy Palmer. <laughs> it was yeah. Betsy Palmer. That was in Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> oh, that's and My right, buddy that's right. Steve Elliott. That Halloween. <laughs> a nice Jewish boy from from Detroit. We're watching a movie, and she takes off the hockey mask, and he goes. Oh my god, it's Betsy Palmer. <laughs> How frightening. Yeah, Betsy Palmer was the was she was the killer in the first one. Like, mm-hmm. really? We got to take a break. That first hour went by, man. We got to get Mickey Bergman on more. I he was that. very good, and yeah. then a lot of things.
2: What What I would love to know is how many negotiations exist out there that we never hear about. Oh, yeah. oh, that yeah. you know, like suddenly, you know, somebody right. you know decides, you know, the president decides to call, I don't know, whoever it is, and they have a little discussion, but it doesn't go anywhere. You know, <laughs>
0: indeed. All right, we'll take a break. Be back in just a couple of minutes, ladies and gentlemen.